Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dear ones. How are we doing today? I hope you are so fantastic because I have a really great episode for you. You know how much I love human design. I think it is such an amazing compliment to any coaching. Whether you are a human design coach, and that's great, I love your work, or you're in some sort of other service-based industry, where you have clients, and even not service-based, you have customers, to help you get to know your clients and customers so much better when you can access their human design chart, and how, most importantly, of course, how you can understand yourself better and use human design to help you really align to how you're best, you're meant to, you're designed to show up at your greatest and your best in this world. And what I love about human design is I feel like it complements the spiritual aspect of things so well, because I'm all about energy. You guys know that about me. I'm all about non-physical, non-human energy in the quantum field, right? That's my that's that's where my genius lies. And sometimes I'm so out there in the non-physical energy space, I neglect my physicality. I neglect that I'm here having a human experience. And the human side of me has a way it wants to show up. And that's what makes human design so fantastic. And I'm so excited to have Victoria Jane on the show. She is a true HD expert. So buckle up. You are in for a real treat today. And in today's episode, Victoria gives us a great rundown on the different human design types. So whether you're completely new to HD or you're an old pro, you'll benefit from her wisdom on this, what it means to live and work and flow, and how human design can guide us away from the hustle and towards the flow. We end on a simple yet powerful invitation at the end that will have you going deeper in with your human design type so you can ditch the hustle and call in the flow. So you're gonna wanna stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your intuitive gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life, love, and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host, and Soul Guide. Hey. 
Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you to join our Facebook group of over 1,100 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. So today we're talking human design, one of my most favorite topics to the amazing Victoria Jane. Victoria is a human design coach whose mission is to guide growth-oriented humans to live with less hustle and more flow. After a decade in Silicon Valley, achieving everything she thought she was supposed to, Victoria was earthquaked into the harsh reality. She was burnt out and in danger of doing irreparable damage to her health. And she searched for how to heal not just her body, but her spirit. She discovered her design. Today, she is passionate about sharing human design with others so they can boldly live their truth. I had a blast speaking with Victoria and truly learned so much. Please enjoy. Welcome, Victoria. I'm so thrilled to have you on Soul Guide Radio. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So I was just looking at the stats of my podcast and my two all-time highest, um, number two and number three of all-time highest downloads are both on human design. Great. Well, we're going to talk more about it. (laughs) Yeah. So this is clearly a topic that my community loves. I like to say I'm conversant in human design, but I'm no expert. So I'm really looking forward to learning more from you. I get this question a lot, like, uh, what is human design based on? Where does it originate? And I always feel like I fumble on the answer. Can you give us a quick explanation? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the reason why that might be is it's not um, it's not an answer that everyone drives with immediately. So the system was channeled in 1987 by a man who... He goes by Ra Aruhu in the human design system. Um, his, his given name is Alan Krakauer. So he used to, he's Canadian. Um, he passed away. So he was a Canadian. Uh, and he used to work in marketing and then kind of went on this deep sort of solo quest. He, he originally actually was an atheist. Um, and then was living alone for a long time and got, uh, a voice that channeled all this information. So it's, it's not something, you know, some people hear that and they're like, okay, this whole thing is, I don't believe it. And then there are others who, and I fall into this camp. I like to say that human design doesn't ask you to believe anything. Like you don't have to believe this origin story, but you can still take your human design as I'm sure many of your listeners have and experiment with it. And like, most of the time people walk away saying, wow, like I'm out of my head so much more. Things feel so much more in line. I trust my intuition more. So to me, that's where it really matters. Yeah. No, I love that. I'm a psychic medium. So that totally jives with me, but I, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. And if you're listening to this, I'm going to echo what Victoria just said, uh, t- trust and verify for yourself. I can say, I've said this a lot, so I'm going to say it again because I feel it so passionately. Getting to know my human design type and aligning my business to it has been the single most shifting thing I've done in my business. I can't think of anything else that's been more shifting than that. And I'm curious, I'm sure your listeners already probably know a bit, but for myself, what has your 
can can you share a little bit more about that? Like as a as a projector, getting the invitation, all that, like, what did that look like for you and your business? Uh, I was so acting like a generator and I was just putting out all this content. It was very, very much pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. And I, I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel seen. I was absolutely exhausting myself to the point of burnout for every launch. One time I, I had a hard time getting out of my chair. That's how I like, I had a, t- I had a hard time standing up. That's how burnt out I was. And then when I shifted to this wait for the invitation, and that took a while to like learn how to do that, but not too much. To be honest, I hired a coach who knew she she's not a human design person, but she knows about human design and she was also a projector. So she just gave me a couple easy techniques that I implemented. And before I know it, know it things, my, my one-on-one was sold out. My group programs were selling out and I was not burning out. Mm. Well, it's so... There's two things I want to re- react to there. One is it, for you, it's especially interesting because you're a projector, but you have a defined ego. And sometimes that interaction between the two, it's not that they're disharmonious, but it's like, you got to learn how to, to balance all these pieces of you. Cause there is this willful part. That's like, if I want to do it, I'm going to get it done. And I find that defined ego people, you can make something happen, even if it's not in alignment necessarily. So that's just funny to to see and hear you talk about that. And then to the point about you working with a coach who knows your design, this is like something that I'm so passionate about because one of the things that I do in addition to working one-on-one with people is train coaches in human design so that they can offer coaching guidance that's more in alignment for the people they're working with as opposed to just themselves. I love that, Victoria. And in fact, I love that so much. I have someone on my staff who's, she's my human design consultant and she does this for me. So good. (laughs) It's so good. So I absolutely love what you do. And I can tell all the coaches listening out there that this is gold, getting to know your client's human design type. I am not an expert on human design, but my person teaches me what I need to know. And Victoria, I have assuming (laughs) you teach the coaches what they need to know. That is so, so cool. So before I'd like to hear more about that. But before we do, if people are relatively new to human design, can you give us a a little rundown? Um, I know it's, it's quite, there's quite a lot to it, but um, maybe a quick rundown and let people new to human design know the best way to start understanding their type. Yeah. So if you, yes, (laughs) if you pull up your chart, you'll see that there's a lot of different colors and shapes and lines. And I think a common response is what you're saying, like, oh, it feels kind of confusing at first or even overwhelming, but you don't have to know all of the pieces at once. It's almost like um, an astrological chart too. Like you don't have to know every house and every planet, yada, yada. You can just start with in human design, your type. So there's five different types. And what type describes is how your energy naturally works, how you exchange energy with the world. And based on that, every type has what's called a strategy, which is how you are best meant to navigate the world with the most ease. So for example, you and I, Allison, are both projectors and our energy really deeply takes things in because our purpose is that we're here to guide. We're here to make things better in some way. So a lot of us, you know, can be coaches, but you could be an artist that sees your craft in a different way. You could be a scientist that invents new technology and makes, makes it better. Um, and so our strategy is to wait for the invitation. And this helps us feel most in flow and not burnt out, like you were saying, by making sure that whatever it is that we share, there is space to be recognized and received or quote invited. 
So there's that's one of the types. Uh, and I'll just kind of go with whatever's popping into my head. There's also manifestors as another type. And their energy is, it's quite big because their purpose is here. To, their, their purpose is that they're here to start new things and pave the way. I almost imagine them energetically like the ones with uh, machete, like hacking their way through the forest. And so manifestors, there is this lesson as many types, we all have kind of our lesson to learn projectors. A big one is like, Oh, I can actually work less and I'm not lazy and still have a huge impact manifestors. It's let me embrace all of the things that I just, I want to do because your energy is so quick and, and, they have these really strong urges and convictions to do things, but sometimes they downplay it because their energy can be intimidating or intense or even offend other people. Manifestors aren't for everyone, um, but they are for some people. And so when they, when they're able to do that, they follow their strategy of initiating and informing, which is this kind of both pieces are really necessary and initiating is all about just doing whatever it is that the manifestor is excited about so that they can pave the way and do something new, whether it's, uh, I don't know, like starting, starting a movement, um, deciding that they're going to plan something and like getting the whole community involved. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, it, it can just be something that they want. And there's this ripple effect as well. The informing piece is making sure that as a manifestor, you tell people what it is that you're going to do because a lot of time the conditioned tendency or the kind of learned behavior from childhood is, Oh, if I tell people what I want to do as a manifester, they're going to stop me somehow. And really that's not what manifestors are here to do. We, you, we want you to tell us what you're up to so that everybody else can get involved, can um, also contribute their energy because manifestor energy, while they have, these strong bursts, they're also meant to rest. It's almost kind of like there's these really strong creation and recovery cycles. So that's a little bit about manifestors. Feel free to stop me, Allison, if you want me to keep going on any of these. Um, you can already tell quick rundown can turn into <laughs> a, a lot. So then there's uh, two more types called generators and manifesting generators. And there's some similarities here, but, and then I'll go into some of their differences. The, the commonality is that both of these types, and they make up about 70% of the population, have consistent access to what's called sacral energy, or you can think of it as life force energy. It's the energy from that sort of second chakra area of, of, oh gosh, it's like that expansion that that life energy has when there's something that's life affirming going on. So it's the, that, oh, I'm enjoying this. I'm so filled up. I love this. Um, and generators and MGs, when they're doing what they enjoy, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like, oh my gosh, this is just fun and I want to keep doing it. And this is, this is a superpower that I think a lot of them don't even realize they have if they don't know human design, maybe like subconsciously, but they're the only type that, that has this ability to have sustained creation. And so their purpose here is to really create and build what they love and whatever it is that these types are drawn to that they enjoy, that their, their gut is a yes to is what they're meant to be doing. And a lot of the time, these types carry some heaviness or sort of this learned again, external thing that, Oh, I, it can't be that easy. It can't be that fun. Like work has to be hard. And they think they have to use their energy on things they 
don't like, but what we're shifting into, and I'm sure like this is a big part of your work too, Allison, is like we're we're moving into this new paradigm where whatever it is that the generator or MG is into, like that's what you're meant to be doing. Like even if your mind can't see the big picture and logically it's like, well, how can we all just, you know, become mediums or whatever? But it's it's true. Like, I mean, that's what I believe I'll say. Uh, that you have the exact design you're meant to, to bring you all of the success and abundance and joy. And so the strategy for both these types is to respond. And human design has a lot of vocabulary, right? So respond specifically in this context means before you do anything, before you take any action, you wait until you feel that your gut has, quote, responded with a yes. So the MG who's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to um, like build this new thing in my backyard. That's responding. It's not initiating. This is a question I get a lot of like, well, as a generator MG, if I just do something, how is that not initiating? It's not initiating because your gut has responded yes to whatever it is. So really identifying what your sacral or your gut yes is fundamental and so important for these two types. And the additional piece for the manifesting generator is that, as the name implies, there's a bit of manifesting energy. So they're a bit of a hybrid type, but they're, because the sacral energy is so strong, your, your strategy is still to respond. Because if you were to go off and just kind of like follow some quick little spark of an idea that you got excited about, but your gut wasn't on board, it would be like, trying to sail a boat with no wind in your sails. So the thing for MGs to keep in mind is you are going to be excited by many different things. And there is more of a tendency to want to jump from thing to thing, move really quickly. Um, Sometimes these people think they're indecisive because they change their mind. But I really like to kind of wipe that judgment away because your energy as an MG is, is just naturally wired so that you can be multi-passionate into so many different things and like not to say that other types can't be multi-passionate but the specific energetic flavor of it for an mg is their gut getting so excited by different things and part of their purpose in addition to or the extra flavor of how they create and build what they're into is incorporating all these different interests nice Can yeah. I just want to hop in there because I've had a lot of friends who are generators and manifesting generators or clients say to me, oh, I just wish I was, you're so lucky, Allison, that you're a projector. And I always, oh yeah, well, okay, why, why, why am I lucky? And they say, because uh, you only have to work four hours a day and I'm a generator mm-hmm. and I have to work 12 hours a day. I feel like it's a really mm-hmm. misunderstood concept that... I, I get four hours I of work and then I'm footloose and I know. <laughs> yeah. So okay. speak to that, please. I love this question so much because it, it actually relates to what you were asking before, which is human design can be complex. Right. And so we all need an, unless, you know, there's the person who like learns about human design and then immediately jumps in and like gets readings and sits with a book and watches videos for a week straight. Like, I find for most of us, human design comes in layers. And so there's this first layer where, yes, as a projector, you're told you only need to work three to four hours or you should only work three to four hours. Um, And as a generator or MG, you're told like you can consistently be working 
And depending on where you are in your life, that may or may not sound like really disempowering. And so then there's this next layer where we go into like, what do these words mean? And as a projector, the three to four hour thing, like actually really depends on the specific centers in your chart too. So, uh, okay. So, so one piece of this is for you as a projector, only working three to four hours, it's this like rule of thumb that's thrown out, but depending on what centers you have in your chart, you might have different like waves of energy. So Alison, for you, like you have a defined route, which means that you're able to, you have consistent access to pressure and wanting to make progress. Like, and specifically like your purpose is really something that can, can like rile you up is kind of what's coming to mind, but like not in a bad way. It's like, Oh, I feel like called to the challenge. Like that's something that can give you energy. Right. And Another part of your chart is you have this defined ego that I touched on earlier. So you can tap into your will. Like if I really want to get something done, I don't know um, if there's, I'm just making this up now, but it's like, if you are really excited about an offering and there's something that like, maybe you need to have like six interviews in a day or something, like you could do it if you wanted to. So there's this range that your design specifically as a projector can, is suited for. Whereas a projector with, not these centers might feel their energy come in different ways. So that's kind of like one piece for the, for the sacral beings that are feeling weighed down by the idea of needing to work a lot. I think that that is probably coming from, from sacral beings that are not in work that they enjoy because when I see, and this is like a, it's a helpful thing to do is to look at people who are really at least appear to us if they're famous or people that we personally know who are really in their element and, and successful and, and enjoying what they're doing. Like those are good examples to look to. And for the generator MG who is truly like, yes, my gut is a yes on this. Things don't feel like work. And so for the person who's saying that or feeling that it's like, Oh, if you don't, if you don't want to work 12 hours, maybe what your gut is asking you to do, like we have to redefine work, but maybe what your gut is a yes to is like dancing for two hours and then going on a hike for another two hours and then hanging out with your family for, you know, the rest of the afternoon. And like, that's what your gut wants to do. Um, it doesn't have to be productive. Right. Right. Yeah. That is, yeah. We have such a, um, socially conditioned definition of work, right? Yes. In an office, at a desk, kind of slaving away behind a computer. But I don't... Yeah, I, and that's yeah. part of that, the like, I mean, hijacking might be a strong word, but that's it's part of the the heaviness that's been put on generators and MGs is like, oh, well, all of us really, but that we're only worthy if we're productive. And it, it's not true. There's so many other ways to be filled up. I think that's a a big thing for the generator MG to, to keep in mind. The last type that um, is reflectors. And I feel bad because a lot of times they get left to the end of the conversation. Uh, They're 1% of the population, their whole chart is white. And so energetically they're, they have this really unique purpose of being able to take in and be quite sensitive to what is around them energetically. And then actually share and reflect that back to us. So a reflector could be in a really 
positive work, family, whatever environment and be the one that reminds people like, Hey, you know, this is what we're up to, or, you know, this is how we're doing, or they could be in a more challenging situation and show people their triggers in their mirrors. So in general, it's a really interesting experience to to know and be around a reflector and their strategy is to actually wait a full lunar cycle before deciding anything because they are so ever changing. Like they, you really can't put them in a box. And so before they really make a commitment to anything, you know, like a move or a, um, a project or whatever, it's, it's ideal to give it a full 28 days so that they can feel into every part of their design. And there's more specifics about that, but I'll, I'll leave it there for now. Yeah. I once had, I call them the unicorns, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, I once had in one week, I had three discovery calls with three uh, reflectors. And it was really funny. And all three of them were familiar with their human design type. And they were like, I need 28 days. And I said, to, to know whether or not they wanted to work with me. And I said, absolutely, Great. absolutely to all three. I was like, yep. And it was just the, the craziest thing. Three in one week. That's so, that's so wonderful to hear because there's this like balance I find myself advising when I work with people, especially if they're learning about being a reflector for the first time where they're like, wait, 28 days. Like, how do I, how do I do that? Cause it's not necessarily something that's like mainstream. And I really encourage people like, why not just ask, you know, like, obviously this isn't about becoming neurotic and be like, well, it's 27 days. I can't do it. You know, it's not about like uh, rigidity and like clenching, but at the same time, like, why not just try? And so it makes me really happy to hear people are asking for that. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, the rules of the discovery call, you know, any business coach would be like, oh yeah, but just talk them through their objections and which I will do in a discovery call if I feel like that's appropriate. But in that case, I was just like, no, I'm not going to talk them through that. I'm just going to give them their 28 days, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, totally. yeah, yeah, exactly. So this conversation about human design, we want to get to living and working in flow, guided by human design. So can we start with, how do you define what it means to live and work in flow? Mm. Well, I think that this is going to depend on, so what comes to mind is like, I know how it feels for me. And so I think that for anyone that's listening, like there is this, you still have to like personalize it for yourself. Um, that said, like I'm a, I'm a six, two, I think you are too, right? Allison. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm, a, I'm a six, two profile. So I've, I've gone through my first 30 years, third line experimentation, like doing everything wrong to figure out <laughs> where I wanted to go. And so part of me knowing what flow is for myself is what it feels like. And to me, it's like flow doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't hard sometimes that we don't get stretched or challenged, but it's that there's a sense of like, I know this is, I know this is the right path for me. I know that, um, like I'm supported in this and it doesn't feel like a slog. That's kind of how I think about like, what is out of alignment challenging versus what's in alignment, which sometimes can feel like effortless and amazing and synchronistic. Um, and other times when we're growing and expanding, it can be, um, a dark night of the soul crickets, um, 
like facing off with like old versions of our doubts and fears. And that can still be in flow <laughs> uh, because it's leading for myself. It's like, I know this is leading me to my highest mission and purpose. So that's a little, I, I know that's not like a totally specific answer, but those are some things that, that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. For me, when I'm in flow, I feel a joy and an ease to the work. I feel very unattached. I have goals. I have dreams, but I feel unattached to them because it's kind of like, oh, I know they'll come when they're ready. And I'm in this sort of confidence and, and this flow is kind of just guide, walk, kind of mm, flowing me forward. And I, I, to me, it feels like walking, excuse me, standing on a movable walkway, like at the airport. Mm. And you're not really <laughs> efforting that hard. And it's just taking you forward in the direction that you want to go. Mm, I love that image. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> can you share with us how human design can guide us towards our flow, our own definition of flow, however you define it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, and going back to our earlier, what we were just talking about with type <clears throat> and strategy, like, of course, everyone's unique somatic sense of flow and, you know, your own experiences will color this. But I think for each type, strategy kind of points the way to what flow is, right? So for us as projectors, it's like, oh my gosh, your your practice felt so much more in flow when you stopped pushing and you're like, wait, let me just let me just ride this invitation thing. And then all of a sudden, right, your energy shifts and things feel much more in flow. Um so that's kind of where I start with. But for so maybe I can give some more examples too. Like for the generators and MGs that I've worked with, their flow is, oh my gosh, I just get to show, like, wake up in the morning and decide what feels good responding in each and every moment. And it's amazing what, you know, people pop into my life or how the timing of things just happens to work out. Even if I'm like, I feel like my mind is telling me I'm procrastinating because I'm not writing on this, writing this project or editing this thing. But if I actually just decide what to do and my gut wants to do it, turns out I, respond to the email at like just the right time, whatever it is. And it removes all of these shoulds that we've grown up with a lot of most of us um, around, oh, I, I have to be like on this schedule or I have to grow my business in this way, whatever, whatever it might be. So th there's, there's this, I think, lens that human design brings up for us around we get this opportunity to, to reflect on like, what are these places where we've been um, pushing in ways that don't feel good and not, aren't necessarily working for us. And <clears throat> most of the time, at least in part, it comes from a certain set of beliefs that don't apply to our specific type or our specific energy and strategy. Nice. Nice. So can you give us a, a story from your life or a client's life of how human design guided you away from hustle and more towards flow? Sure. I mean, I feel like, I feel like my whole, basically since I discovered human design about four, four years ago has been a living example of, of me moving away from hustle. So I'll, I'll try to summarize. I worked in tech um, before before working in in human design as a coach um, for about a decade, and I was like hustling the whole time because <laughs> I had grown up to be uh, like raised very academically oriented, and all of the I'll say like grades, title, salary, 
um, prestige, just even like compliments, not compliments. What is it? Uh, like feedback from coworkers of like, uh, in tech, there's a lot of rhetoric, like being an A player, being a rock star, you know, team member, 10 Xing results, just like all of this stuff. I think they were false for me. Um, they were, they were like, it was like junk food success is what I call it for projectors where, you know, we get a hit of that. (laughs) Yeah. We get a hit of that recognition, but we actually, we haven't defined what success means for ourselves. And so I was incredible. I had a bunch of chronic health issues. I got really burnt out. And when I say burnt out, I don't mean like, Oh, I was like bored and tired. It was like what you were saying, Allison, I couldn't like I canceled an international vacation. I couldn't walk two blocks out of my house, but I was still going to work and like doing 50 hour weeks and and thinking like, no, 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 it's fine. I can do this. If I just like, you know, eat a little healthier or time my day and adjust my schedule, like by 30 minutes, like I can do this. Uh, even though I, I mean, I have always been really healthy. Like I was drinking my green smoothie and meditating every day and riding my bike to work. And I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was incredibly like, quote, physically healthy, but, um, my, my endocrine system was just so wired and, and so it, you know, that kind of like went on for a while until looking back now, I can see the universe was like, no, you gotta, you gotta step out. And I went on medical leave for a while. And once I did that, and it kind of was this like pause button, I realized like the, just kind of like this, this slog that I had been in, right? Like that this was me in my like absolute opposite of flow where everything wasn't working. And yet I was still, my identity and my ego was still very much attached to like, oh, this is what I have to be to not even be successful. I mean, sure that was a part of it, but like it went so deep as like for there was this childhood part of me that was like, no, this is what I have to do to be safe and loved, you know? And once I was able to leave, there was this kind of like pattern interrupt subconscious, like rewiring moment where I was like, oh wait, like not like the world is still going, you know? And like, I didn't get like somebody showing up with a report card that was like, you failed at life, you know? And so that was kind of the beginning of me realizing that like, I, I can make changes even if they feel really, really scary. So yeah. That <laughs> is yeah, a, I hope, I yeah, hope it doesn't I, have to be that way for other people. You know, like it was pretty, there were some pretty dark days. And like, I think that had I had the knowledge of human design sooner, like I like to think that I would have had an easier time kind of prying my fingers off of the, you know, the arm, the armrest and like walking myself out the door. Yeah. I love your story so much and I relate to it so much. Oh my gosh. Junk food success. I mean, you, you really describe so much of what I experienced in my former career, which I call my shadow career. Um, and I was everything you said, you know, overworking really, really kind of addicted to the paycheck, the status, the, the accolades at work, you know, good job, Allison, all that stuff. I was traveling a lot internationally and living abroad because I used to work in uh, post-conflict humanitarian response and political transition. And I got addicted, I think, to the, to the adrenaline rush of, of, of it all, you know, and, um, 
I was so out of alignment to everything. <laughs> like it really was like, I, it just was so, yeah. I bet you were really good at it though. I'm looking at your chart and I'm like, I bet you were, you know. And you know what? It's so, you're so right. I was really good at it. And I, I see how, um, there was a period of time in my life where I thought that my old career just did nothing for me. Right. But now that I'm, you know, kind of wiser and learning about things like about human design and other things, I'm realizing that there are, it wasn't just by accident. I chose that career, right? Like there are certain things where it enabled me to really be in alignment to my human design type. But the other ways that I was out of alignment was just too, it was just really, I guess, ultimately an energy drain of epic proportions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is where, like, this is where we haven't talked about authority and we don't need to get into it, but this is where like you trusting your intuition is the thing that trumps all, right? Because I'm sure your mind could have been like, oh, well, this is a great career. Like I'm making an impact. I'm, you know, I could see you as a projector, like totally taking in the interests of different people and with your undefined throat, being able to speak on behalf of different parties and like find that, I don't know, like all the details of your work, but I'm imagining like find that neutral place and getting people to understand each other. But if it was a drain on your energy, like it's a no-go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Drain on the energy. No go. Uh, that's so beautiful. And I want to, I want to, that's going to take us nicely to our next, um, my next question. Um, but before I do that, it was interesting. And I think maybe other people will relate to this. So I finally had the courage to leave the job and start the business, which is what I really wanted to do. And I ended up recreating a business that had all the same energy drains as my old career. So I was still showing up in my business, always burning out, always drained. And then I found human design and I was able to put a plug on those drains. So let's talk about putting the plug on the drains because we are, I mean, we're socially conditioned to hustle, right? Like that's, you said it, like we, we get rewards, uh, society rewards us when we, you know, I don't know. I see it like, uh, I see it in, 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 um, business culture. It's like the, the person who works stays the latest is rewarded, right? Like that, that shows your commitment and dedication to the company. So, um, it can be hard to let go of that, let go of that desire to hustle or that feeling that, that working really hard, spending a lot of hours is actually a good thing. And that, um, that that's, that, that, that's a, that's positive for you and positive for your business. So what are some top tips you have with regards to a daily practice or weekly routine that can help us find our flow and, um, kind of ditch this hustle using mm. human design? Mm. Well, what's coming to mind, I guess maybe we, we will go into authority more <laughs> because that's, what's coming to mind. Like what, what I'm getting from that question essentially is like, how do, do each of us individually get to the point where we can hear and have that internal clarity of what's true for us. Right. And I mean, I think on one level, there's like the, the practical kind of like, I'm imagining the person who's, cause we're talking about like hustling here, somebody who's in a situation maybe not in all of their life, but at least part of their life that doesn't, doesn't quite feel good. Right. And so I think there's the first layer of it, which is, can you, can you get more space, rest, um, self-care? I feel like it's such an overused word, but like, what's one way in which you can reclaim a little more spaciousness? Like, for example, myself, 
you know, four years ago, it would be, oh, maybe you need to like do a little bit less, you know, and that's the first step um, just on the physical plane. And so I'm sure people have all their different practices that feel good, whether it's taking a nap or taking a bath or taking a walk, um, getting out in nature, asking for more alone time. I think there's a lot of different designs that there's a lot of different reasons within one's design that you might want or need alone time, whether that's because you have a lot of undefined centers or you're a second line or you have certain gates, um, whatever it is, like, let's just say that if that sounds like a good thing to you, then go for it. And then the next layer of it is a little more specific around how does your intuition work? And so I'll just give a few examples that will cover the majority of folks listening um, just by like percentages. So for example, if you're an emotional authority, you want to give yourself the full space to feel. And I know that sounds so simple and it's almost like, I wish there was a different way of saying it, but time and time again, I see my emotional authority folks feeling what they're feeling and then trying to think about it. Like uh, an example right now, somebody I'm working with, she is going through some relationship challenges. And so she's feeling these ups and downs about it. But then when we have conversations, it's like all of these questions from her mind about what should I do? Um, how do I understand this? What are these tools? What are some tools? And not to say those things don't play a role, but getting to the point of internal clarity is just about moving the energy and feeling it. And I can see this person as well, as well as other emotional authority folks I know, like judging their low feelings as opposed to really going into it. So it's like, there's a relationship between this and that first layer that I was mentioning where it's on the physical level. Do you have a space, whether that's with people or by yourself where you can really be held and feeling everything? So that's the emotional authority. Uh, for the sacral authorities, really getting embodied into what your gut yes or no feels like can really help with, with, okay, now the truth is so loud for me. I can't ignore it and continue with my hustle, whatever that might be. So a lot of the time generators and MGs that I work with, they're like, Oh, I, I knew that was a gut. No, like I felt it, but I kind of just went ahead with it anyway. And part of practicing following your design and shifting out of the the hustle into the flow is okay I feel this yes or no and now I'm going to actually act on it and so that is a practice of getting into the body I mean like some for some people like dance works really well but it could be even just like for a lot of us that are busy instead of adding something like how can you how can you be really intentional with what you're already doing so a generator mg might really like for lunch you know, instead of just kind of like eating and moving on, it's like choosing something that like you're really excited to to eat and enjoying it and feeling in your body like, oh, this is what the yes feels like. Like I'm, you know, sitting up a little bit straighter or kind of like smiling as I enjoy my my morning beverage or whatever it is. And like the more you get attuned to this align in alignment, yes or no energy, your gut energy, the easier it will be for, for also tuning into drop 
the hustle. Um, I feel like I may have deviated a little bit from your question, but I'm just going to keep going with it if that works. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like that. No, I really like that you said as you practice following your design, because I I think it is a practice, right? And we're relearning how to how to align to this stuff. So yeah, that's really well said. Yeah. And then I'll just do one more and I think it'll cover like, I don't know, let's call it like 70, 80% of people. Um, for the splenic authority folks, um, this one's interesting because the splenic authority is quite quiet. And Allison, you, I don't know if you have your own experience with this, but it's, I find the best thing that a splenic authority person can do if you're not totally sure you're, you're hearing it yet is to get calm. And it goes back to that spaciousness piece because the, the splenic authority is related to what's like safe and healthy versus dangerous or not in, and thus also like a fight or flight response. So if you're in, and this is where I was, like if you're in a situation where you're really pushing and hustling and your whole nervous system is really um, on high alert all the time, it can be really, really difficult to hear your spleen because everything in your life is kind of like this low grade. No, right. It's like threatening your survival in some way. And so the, the spleen likes to come through with, Oh wait, this is a little off. This is a little creepy. This is a little dangerous. And that's impossible to hear against a background of no, if your whole life is a no. So the best thing that these people can do is get the rest, get the nourishment, um, calm your system in some way, whatever that means for you. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. And um, yeah, I like that, that uh, it's great how you described it, how when you're kind of overly plugged into a hustle environment, let's say, uh, yeah, it is really hard to hear those whispers of intuition. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been so Great, Victoria. I have learned so much. I am such a believer in human design and I'm a huge, huge believer in coaches using human design to better understand their clients. So can you tell our listeners how they can find you and a little bit more about your work working with coaches? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at victoriajane.hd and my website's victoriajane.co. So you can go both places for information there. And I, yeah, so I work as a coach with folks one-on-one and then I also train coaches how to use human design in their practices. So you could be, um, a business coach, a life coach, an energy healer. Um, I've had like nutritionists and physical trainers, entrepreneurs, people that run their own companies and teams and just want to support their, their folks in that way, um, better as well. So it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's 12 weeks. And if you've been kind of like maybe Allison, like you've already exposed people to human design a little bit, but it feels a little disjointed and you want a community and a place to talk about like what's going on with your clients and really synthesize the information for yourself. Um, this is hum- the human design coaching certification. HDCC is where it's at. It's been so incredible to see people who incorporate the information into their practice. Some people end up launching their own human design reading, um, reading or, you know, practice as well. And there's also folks who are like, I just want to learn human design better for myself. So maybe you're not totally ready to do all of that yet, but you do want to understand the foundation of this information beyond type and strategy, 
an authority, of course, but we also spend like a whole month on gates, which people are also very curious about. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's an amazing community. And if you're interested, I would love to have you there. Oh, that's so amazing. I love it. I We will leave all of those links in the show notes. So go check Victoria out, check out her program. I am a person who um, does this in my practice, and I cannot tell you how more connected you feel with your clients and just able to serve them better. And you can, you really realize that coaching, if you have a, a coaching tool that you use on all your clients, which is, which is fine, but you can even tailor your tools f- to meet the, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that, that our human design can guide us to of, of, of what people have going on in their type. Yeah. And one last thing I'll, I'll add is since we've talked so much about like hustle versus flow, um, on both my Instagram and my website, you can get a free download about how to work in flow with your design too. And it goes into a little more detail than we've covered here in today's conversation. So, uh, just also want to drop that in if, if folks are interested and we'll link it too. Perfect. 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 So before we wrap up, Victoria, I would love for you to leave our listeners with an invitation. It's kind of like a challenge, Mm -hmm. but you're inviting them to be someone, do something, something in between. Yeah. I think the invitation would be to do something that feels good for you today. Mm. And so it could be related to what we were talking about before around uh, a practice to drop the hustle, but it could, or it could be something else. Cause I'm, you know, people are at different places in their life, but I love supporting people to be as, as true to themselves as they can be. And so that's, that's a practice I'd like to, to invite you to. Do something today that feels good. That's been one of the best invitations we've received from a guest. I'm going to take that invitation. <laughs> Great, um, me so, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who could say no to that? So Victoria, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I heart human design and you've just been a great, you've helped me understand human design uh, in ways I haven't before. So really thank you. It was such a pleasure to learn from you today. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. And I want to thank you, dear listeners, so much for tuning in and being part of this community, part of this podcast. I feel your energy out there. I just want you to know that. And as I design content for the podcast, I'm always thinking about you. You lead everything this podcast does. I tune into your pain points. I tune into your desires. I tune into your needs. And I really, truly try to create content that is in highest service to you. You giving me your time and attention means so much to me. And what I'd love to do in return is give you information that creates massive, massive value in your life. And until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find a link to download on my website, alisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.